Hey guys, it's Gus. Uh, I know you had mentioned there wasn't much rap uh, you've enjoyed lately, so I have a couple projects to recommend. Uh, Maxo, Little Big Man is really good. Kind of like Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, beats are really smooth. Uh, Shy Glizzy, Covered in Blood, another album I've been playing a lot. Uh, the new Eric Satie mixtape is great. Blue Dream and Absinthe. Uh, there's a new Bob Marley EP that is honestly fire, but it does have a song with Kodak Black and XXX Tentacion, so it's a bit problematic. What else? Um, Ken K. Cash is amazing. Uh, Chance the Rapper's Poopy Diaper album. Um, who else do I like? Mims. I think he's making a comeback. Ace Hood. Uh, Arab of Soldier Boy's Helm fame. Young Simmy. Jose Guapo, Perko Bangs, David Banner, uh, Joe Skeva, Charlie Tuna, Fame of MOP, uh, Lil Romeo, Shad Moss, Shad, Mossberg, Youngberg, Young Lean, Young Lamb, Nacho Picasso, OG Boo Dirty, OG Booby Black, uh, Rabbit from 8 Mile, G-Easy, I2O, Chip the Ripper, a.k.a. King Chip, King Crooked, Old King Wenceslas, uh, Jamie Fox, Damian Lillard, Swiss Beats, Swiss Beats Son, Egypt, Swiss Beats Wife, Alicia Keys, Key Glock, Bakamora, Dollar Boy, Ashy, AZ, Self Jupiter, DJ Squeaky, Desi Hines, Lazy Bone, The Bush Babies, LA The Dark Man, Gutta Gutta, Sea Banks, Freaky Ziki, and of course Sage the Gemini. So hopefully you have some stuff to check out. Alright, thanks for the podcast. Bye. Hey everybody, you're listening to Real Rap. I want to thank Ethan Reese at Zoned Out Mackin for that rundown of rappers to listen to. So, always appreciated having Ethan on. I hope he comes on again soon. Today, we would like to present you with a break in between seasons. Bennett put this together. It's a compilation of his favorite moments from the John Favreau series. Uh, you'll, of course, remember us reviewing the movie Made... The movie Elf, Iron Man 1 and 2, Cowboys and Aliens, Zathura, and uh, Chef in our John Favreau series. John Favreau, much like uh, Mel Gibson, has a big chip on his shoulder, but it seems like no one is really telling him no. Especially after he's made 14 episodes of his Netflix TV show, which he himself has said on that show that it has no point and he doesn't know why he's doing it. Um, you would think he'd be pretty pleased, but who knows with these Hollywood types, you know? If I li- if I were to live in Hollywood, I would probably be the type of guy that would, like, drive around in a nice car, but, you know, you don't hear me talking about it too much, but you never know until you're there, I guess. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have a very, 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 very exciting season coming up for you, and we'll be announcing that soon. I am quite excited for this upcoming season and I hope you'll like it as much as Bennett and I will enjoy making it. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can find our other stuff on splittoothmedia.com. Find our archive at soundcloud.com slash realrep. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash realrep. There we do uh, extra episodes every month. Enjoy Bennett's favorite moments from the John Favreau series. And uh, leave us a voicemail at 410-694-7228. Let's get some Christmas cheer! <laughs> so my, one of my favorite Frank Sinatra stories is his version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. As you'll know from having seen uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, the, ori- mm-hmm. the, the lyric is originally, until then we'll have to muddle through somehow. And Frank was like, to his like songwriter, he said... Yo, the album's called uh, a, a Jolly Christmas with Sinatra. Can we jolly up these lyrics a little? <laughs> and that's why they changed it to uh, Hang a Shining Star Up on the Highest Bow. That's actually a true story. I, I both really? that story, but it's apparently a real anecdote. That Frank was like, hey, can we, uh, can we jolly up these lyrics a little? <laughs> hey! Uh, just yelling at <laughs> hey, people in the studio. Hey, forget about it! And he knew exactly what he meant from that. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, Frank says forget about it, which means uh, we gotta means, change up Judy's uh, lyrics. Jolly it up, jolly it up. <laughs> um, I have to muddle through. We'll have to jolly through. We'll have to uh, hug hey, our wives. God, yeah, we got to. Uh, we got to get say the toys I love somehow. You to our sons. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, that sounds. Uh, what about then the 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 smart guy comes in? What about hang a hang a shiny about, star among the highest bow? What the <laughs> fuck is a bow? <laughs> How do you spell that? B o b o u g h. Get out of here with that bullshit! Is that one of the G words? How am I gonna spell? How am I gonna pronounce that on the lyric sheet? What's a shine? What kind of shiny? What the? What am I a wise man? Three? What a star? What is the murk under your head, you fucking jagoff? Hey. Fucking jagoff? <laughs> Frank Sinatra's like, oh, he's, uh, th- he's, he's on to something. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. The bow thing is hey, the perfect. Bow. Hey, put that in there. Hey. Let's, let's, let's give it All a right, let's from the go. top. We got 20 minutes <laughs> from the top with the timpani. A five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Dong 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 dong. That classic opening to Shining Bow song. It's a shame it's not July because we can call this the Christmas in July episode. Gelato in July. It's melting, folks. And I'm not talking gelato. I'm talking a Rita's Water Ice gelato. I'm talking Water Ice. Um, she is attracted to Will Ferrell's elf characters childlike idiocy and uh his kind of wonder at the world and his general inability to like cope with uh a fast-paced environment and his um addiction to candy she finds that really attractive Mm -hmm. and starts making out with him Uh, after showing him christmas trees around the city (laughs) it's sort of implied that they bone and like i don't Mm -hmm. mean to be the cinema sins guy about this but like imagine buddy the elf navigating sex just the the, the very idea like it's really and it's like getting getting fucked by your babysitter or something her like showing you around chuck e cheese and being like you know we had a really good day i really liked you and then making out with you 
<laughs> you, you see a thing like this and you think to yourself, where in the world is Buddy the Elf? And he, you're going to come to the conclusion that he's in New York City. Um, when he's picking the gum off the subway railing, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I, I found myself like, they had to get a fake railing. This couldn't right? be. They <laughs> must have laminated the thing again. They must have made them wipe this but down, right? the, Is it fresh gum that they're putting? Like, really racking my brain to figure oh. out. Because at first he's very clearly just touching it and doing it, and then yeah. then fourth and, starts, and fifth piece of gum, there are physical pieces of gum you see him picking yeah, off. Yeah. Um, you ever watch As Told by Ginger? I, I've, of course. I, I've made this joke before that like my parents would have rather watched walked in on me watching like gay porn than me watching like As Told <laughs> by Ginger, and I was for sure yeah. watching a shitload of As Told by Ginger. I guess uh, why I've got such low T's from all the As Told by mm-hmm. Ginger. But her brother one time gets sent to the principal's office for chewing gum and or no it's the gym teacher calls him into his office probably his office looking out in the locker room for chewing Mm -hmm. gum and makes him put his gum in this cardboard box he has that's all full of gum full of chewed pieces of gum and he says now pull out another piece (laughs) (laughs) i'd be into it man i fucking love chewing gum i I'll chew anyone's. I won't chew it off of a subway railing. I'll tell you that. But uh, I don't know a cardboard box in some sort of mildewy office. That's fine. <laughs> At least no one's touching it with their hands. Ugh. I liked all the all the uh, welcome to NYC bits. Uh, world's best cup of coffee is a classic uh-huh. bit. Um, the Lincoln Tunnel stuff where he's Ray's sliding pizza. against the wall. Yeah, I, I like it because that answered a question for me. You see that you see that walkway, and you're like, God, what must that be like to be someone who's got to like service all the, the, the lights or something inside this tunnel and walk down <laughs> yeah. this walkway with just speeding six lanes of speeding traffic, <laughs> this tiny walkway. <laughs> He he had some good uh, kind of remind it. Did it remind you of your brotherly relationship? Honestly, I gotta say, like, not really, because Josh Hutcherson's character in this movie is what I'd call like Disney Channel original movie kids. Were you ever this mm-hmm. fucking mean to your siblings? Were you ever so, that much of a dick? I don't know. I was cruel, but like, definitely would like still play the game, like still right? play around. Like, I I, I do remember distinctly. Quinn watching um, some some TV show and then me coming by and being like, it's time for my show. I'm putting on the Weather Channel as if I like that. <laughs> and in this movie, Josh Hutcherson puts on SportsCenter uh-huh. while his brother's watching SpongeBob, like really enjoying it. And he's like, no. And then he just like dead-eyed watches SportsCenter. Uh-huh. Just locking in for life, yeah. Just having to pretend that I like the SportsCenter top 10. <laughs> yeah, top just like emulating. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Guess I'm committing to this uh, yes. fucking sham sports fandom for the rest of my life. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. This Thank is God what I, I like. That this is what I like now. Um, <laughs> I don't like. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm 11 years old. I'm not masturbating. I'm not smoking pot. Like it just behooves me to play these board games with my my siblings instead of what like sitting around by myself. Like what the fuck else am I gonna do? Yeah. You right. Know? The dad <laughs> goes away. There's nothing to do in the house. It's a big fucking haunted mansion with a dumb waiter, mind you. Uh-huh. The younger brother is smart enough to be like, okay, first things first, get in the fucking dumb waiter, <laughs> uh, and then like go k- poke around in the creepy basement. Spooky. And he, Josh does not want any part of that. Um. Yeah. They're really. Uh, they're having a catch with the old man. Uh, Jonah mm-hmm. Bobo is a shame that he's uh, a real al- he's a real beta male to his brother's oh, alpha male. He can't oh, throw a football. He uh, yeah, 
He's better at everything than me. <laughs> now, son, he's better at a lot of things, but... <laughs> now, listen, he's he's smarter, he's stronger. He's hotter than he's, you. He's got a big red ass like a baboon. He's got, he's got a big fucking ass on that boy. You see that ass, son? <laughs> it was like you me. ought to take a look at your older brother's ass. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's Imagine my shame when my younger brother is the one with the big red ass like a baboon oh, yeah. who's more athletic oh, than yeah. me, does better in school. Yeah, once I hit 11th grade, I was like, holy shit, Quinn could throw me off <laughs> the Empire State Building with ease. And Carter used to really fly into, like, a rage and, like, beat the shit out of kids in school. He, like, picked a kid up over his head one day <laughs> in, like, fifth grade. Yeah. Oh, God. I hope he wasn't getting picked on. Oh, well, I think he was, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, I think it was the big red it- ass. <laughs> Chelsea, my older sister, would... would insist that i and she would say this just kind of every other week or so uh like shane you gotta go go up to quinn grab him by the wiener and swing him around (laughs) and i'm like no but maybe wiener (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was watching uh home videos that i have of like us on the beach and shit and so much of it is just when because a lot of it is chelsea holding the camera and all four of us kids just running around livy like falling over quinn just like ooing and eyeing like an ape and uh me and chelsea just rapid fire being like no you idiot and no you're fat you're a fatty just like calling each other dummy idiot and fatties like over and over and over again um yeah there's that picture you posted on mother's day of your mom like with like all four of you like clinging to her i was like oh my god i cannot even imagine (laughs) oh my god the video is like her hoisting all four of us into a tree and then all of us like crying immediately when we get in the tree and her just like completely like an angel handling it with ease oh god almighty i cannot imagine having four kids (laughs) yeah me neither um so uh josh hutcherson pushes his son down the dumb waiter and sends him to the creepy basement and then there's a board game sitting on like the steps in that house Um, and it's called zathura right This, this kid's very different if i found any sort of old object in my house you know how much i would not be touching that it's in like a fucking moldy old box like ooh. yeah stinks <laughs> up to high heaven fucking moths fly out and shit he's obviously never seen jumanji because <laughs> he opens up the game starts playing it uh, this kid can't read um despite the fact that he's supposed to be like seven mm-hmm. i i know like i, <laughs> I know I've, I've started really just like unleashing like horrifyingly awful humble brags on this uh, on this show with no <laughs> with no payoff like on, uh-huh. our, on our most recent patreon i forgot the punchline to his story so i ended up bragging about being the president of my middle school i'm gonna brag just now brag. about being able to read when i was three this kid's six <laughs> And he's fucking up. He's fucking up uh, board game cards. Come on, tighten mm. up. Tim Robbins should have smacked him on the back. Choke of the head. up, <laughs> hey, choke up, son. <laughs> if only they'd been hitting the ball. Yeah. Did you choke up a lot? Were you guys choked up uh, when you were well, at the they plate? They would say they would say hold the bat higher, and I would think you'd have to hold it higher above my head in the air, <laughs> but not higher up on the bat. And then I'd be holding it on the bat so high that I'm like, 
You're telling me to like hold it in a special like idiot way. Like I'm the dumbass who can't hold it like a real major leaguer. Like I'm going to hold it right at the fucking bottom like babe. I do kind of miss playing baseball because I like doing all of like the shtick. Like no matter how bad you are oh, at baseball, yeah. you could do all of like the pointing your bat and like taking mm-hmm. practice cuts, putting a donut on your bat. That shit's fun. Oh my uh, gosh. I remember a kid swinging with a donut when they're like 11 years old. I'm going to cream this thing. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. And would, it's great because there's so much sitting around, so much loafing around. You can be like 210 pounds and play baseball. And be decent at baseball. I mean, like, there's so many. There, there are professional athletes that are big as a fucking house. CC <laughs> Sabathia, the guy had to have a stent put in. He's a professional athlete. He had to have a stent put in, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, it's muscle. It's solid. If you, Solid muscle. If you saw him without his shirt off, he's not fat. Chewing tobacco. Yeah, and he's like, it's a sport that you can eat playing. It's amazing. I mean, uh, granted, <laughs> go- golfing and bowling, you can drink beer while you play, which is pretty fucking insane. Yeah. But I mean, <clears throat> not on like a like professional level. Professional level baseball players are fucking dipping, eating, cursing, like pissing in the dugout. Uh-huh. I, I, baseball has more grab ass than any other sport, which I guess is probably what I liked about it. As like a young uh-huh. kid with like negative athletic ability, I really liked that baseball afforded me a lot of opportunity to to slap my friends on the ass, get slapped on the ass. You do those yeah. handshake lines at the end, the good game, good game, good game, like that mm-hmm. stuff. Whew. It's like the pageantry of it all. Even ass, af, even beside the ass grabbing, there is a kind of like relaxed homoerotic atmosphere mm-hmm. of like just kind of not being too competitive talking being able to talk a lot sharing like sunflower seeds the like weird relationship between the catcher and the pitcher and they talk to each other and like yelling stuff out but it's like a very kind of relaxed atmosphere kind of like uh, andy warhol's haircut <laughs> i almost <laughs> wish i could have played softball though because softball they had all the chance built in it seems like that was a lot of fun what what would be up to chance um no like chance like oh, like chanting ch- um and yeah, they, yeah, i yeah. would often when i was sitting in the dugout because i was trying to quit smoking i would often be taking chantix mm. as i uh, as i chanted <laughs> um fuck dude it's been a rough year i think ray Liotta's gonna start smoking again oh, yeah. oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to try one, but like I'm not gonna buy one for like uh-huh. sixty bucks, and I sure as fuck aren't. I'm not gonna borrow one. You're not gonna go in with with friends on one, split it four ways. Yeah, I don't know. Like going a, in like a bong a is, I guess, just as egregious. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I am positive. One of our friends have tried to fuck a bong. Oh, one hundred percent. That we have all later. <laughs> sucked uh-huh. on uh-huh. and him like forgetting to clean it he's like i don't know it's just kind of waxy today <laughs> just a lo- look of terror spreading across his face as he realizes what's about to happen yeah no not that bomb uh, i i'm only realizing now the kind of like uh like su- like uh weird kind of marxist um like w- l- uh relationship we had between the people that sold us weed um that were very close friends of ours is kind of very indicative of like the uh manager employee employee employer relationship because we we would all be hanging out together you know we lived the same lives um but they would just sell us weed at exorbitant rates and and even would talk 
the the weed dealers in front of us because we would all hang out all the time and would talk about how oh yeah i love selling eighths it's like it's like fucking chump change printing like, money rake it in selling eighths and never cutting deals even going to often going to the point where they would not let us smoke with them if we didn't pay and then using all the money that they would just have a surplus of to get like weird ass accessories for their uh, bongs like remember the airsoft beads that go uh, in the water that's oh supposed to aerate God. it Just that was the most beads. Insane. i forgot about that that's the ultimate and like okay you've got to be fucking kidding me it like, diffuses the smoke even more i remember at, at some i would point you're just getting high i don't uh, yeah i mean yeah I I feel like every hobby gets to a certain point where you're like, okay, like I've gone too far. It's if I go, if I, I can incorporate, you know, some of the extravagant things that I've learned, but I've at some point just got to go back to basics, but these guys never stopped. They, I remember every few weeks I'd come back and there'd be some new nine chamber percolator bong. And I remember trying to get into like what, like what is the cutting edge of like bong shit that these guys are obviously on like let me get on that wavelength and then very quickly just backing out and being like it's too much anytime i've ever made any sort of investment in like a piece of weed paraphernalia i've regretted it immediately it's the ultimate in buyer's remorse yeah because it stinks you have to hide it you it's it's like a it's like fine china Uh you only bring it out when your friends are over or you're like you're taking your fine china out into the woods so you can use it alone remember having to like go out alone and smoke weed outside Uh like the fucking cold ass winter and then being so cold and miserable that you don't even know if you're high or not Uh uh-huh and having that guy fucking that guy send like a cop siren out after you like good god that guy who lives in your neighborhood is a fucking asshole and hey cobleshuck can suck my dick fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) why why don't you like him i don't know i don't don't, he used to live in my cul-de-sac i don't i don't i don't really have a particular problem with him he just seems like a real meathead that's right we're naming names (laughs) someone i haven't talked to in over a well over a decade (laughs) still (laughs) holding him to the same standard that he set 10 years ago when he was like seven (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Oleolating, just sort of like, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so hearing like, <laughs> even like the fucking Hulk has that, and that's set in like the Southwest. Like every like <laughs> oh desert God. now is going to be associated with that. And uh, it's the so fucking, this is a nice change of pace. fucking Hulk. Mm-hmm. This was very, um, there was like a lot of George Bush energy in this film. And I guess what oh, they're criticizing yeah. ultimately is like Bush era warmongering. But I really liked that Tony Stark starts this movie as like term one Bush. Like, hey, yeah. buddy, we're coming in here. I'm, I'm saving America. <laughs> you know, they wanted Sam Rockwell was, was one of the people <gasps> that was like one of the finalists for this role. Oh, That's why he plays God. kind of anti Tony Stark and Iron Man 2. Yeah. He probably would have played him as like a southerner. Like, well, yeah, shit, honey. Well, shit. He probably wouldn't have. <laughs> I feel like he would be, he would stop working kind of in the way that, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. He's kind of fallen off after this, probably because he just raked it in so much oh, after yeah. the, and we probably wouldn't have Sam Rockwell doing uh, 19 billboards in Mississippi if, uh, <laughs> if, if he had been Tony Stark. We'd have about 10 fewer movies where <laughs> Sam Rockwell plays a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh no. Sammy. Crap.
Oh, oh shit. crap, <laughs> I'm in the clucks. That's how I felt. It's like when Sam Rockwell walks on set and he's like, oh shit, I'm a white supremacist again. Hey oh. guys, I don't want to get typecasted. That's how I felt. Like, oh, I'm watching a Marvel movie. <laughs> they had all that stuff redacted from the script as if he was in like a franchise movie. <laughs> he had no yeah. idea. They uh, had his name as just like Robert, but God. in the in the final cut, it's like That's Klansman. what you meant by Cyclops? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like, they don't go as far to say that like all war is bad. They still are very much adopting the idea that like the people in Afghanistan have like wooden phones and they're fucking evil Uh and the bad that they do can only be done right or counteracted by murdering them and Uh like just destroying their, the places they live. It's still a very pro-interventionist movie. Like, ultimately. This is ultimately... It's Afghanistan, not Iraq, but this is ultimately pro-intervention against Uh big T terror. The only super heroics we see Iron Man do in this movie is him just wiping out these enclaves of, like, what I guess are supposed to be, like, the Taliban. Yeah. Um, He goes into, like, a Taliban-occupied town that's getting, like, rounded up and having, like, hostages taken. Goes in, kills every single one of the people that have probably been just like stolen from their families and made into like militia members kills them all and then um leaves one like boss figure there uh-huh. for the like locals of the town and children he's like you guys could take care of them as if Tear they're gonna like just flies off as they fucking draw and quarter him yeah yeah so i so i guess these kids can witness their dads and mothers like fucking tarring this guy driven to dismembering yeah somebody uh as as have a drink on me plays while they drink his blood Uh, also he just destroys every building in this small town that this these families are from uh, then flies away he's like you're welcome and like flips them all off he causes so much terror on the freeway too when he's fighting obadiah stain what a name what an odd performance from jeff bridges holy crap it's a very weird to see him play a villain and b Uh very weird to see him like in our post um like uh like uh, True Grit and whatever that movie he won, mm. the uh, Lonely Heart, whatever the fuck it was called, Crazy Heart. It's weird mm. to see him playing someone who not only talks like a normal human being, but doesn't talk like a goat chewing at a bunch of tin cans. <laughs> <laughs> he's like smart in this one. He's uh-huh. bald and like cool. He's like, like articulate. Very, he's fat. He's like uh-huh. a fat neck and head. Very weird. Very weird seeing him with that chrome dome as well. Yeah, I'm so used <laughs> to seeing him with like a luscious head of locks. Yeah. Um, well, we haven't really talked about Tony himself. He's he's a he's a joker. Um, yeah, him in those fucking sunglasses. Like like we were saying, I think I think it's before I opened up the recording. He went Robert Downey Jr. went from being such a Gen X icon to such a like cool boomer dad. Those fucking sunglasses. Mm-hmm. It's very like he's almost like hot Guy Fieri in this movie. He's very like <laughs> yeah, gun yeah. fingers and ironically, he's. Oof. I remember uh, I I would listen to like late era Howard Stern and Howard was so into the idea of Tony Stark because he's obviously just Howard's just a big child, never had to grow up and like likes to have like toys (laughs) and seeing somebody like Robert Downey Jr. play this like older guy that's like, fuck it. And just so rich doesn't have to care about anything he's like finally someone like me someone i can relate to 
I bet God kind of will uh, go with his cane, his big cane, and just saunter around heaven, kind of the way like a pimp goes back to his old stomping grounds. It just kind of shows off his like material uh, mm-hmm. possessions. God will sometimes go down there and and be like, man, I bet a lot of people down here would like to be saved. <laughs> and they're all just kind of like, God, how are you doing? So nice no. to see you. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's been pretty nice up in heaven. It's like Boca Raton, and he's visiting like New Jersey. Yeah, Boca's good. It's been good to me. But he doesn't talk about how, like, I don't know, he used to have to stay in a weird hotel in Boca. I like the idea of him being real foul mouthed too. Just being like, "What's up, shitheads? What's up, you fucking shitheads? <laughs> Man, bet you missed me." And everyone has <laughs> to be nice, ass. even though he's he's walking away. He's, and they're like, "Fucking asshole!" How, hey, God, how oh, you doing? He's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> he's right. God has his like pearl, pearl, pearl studded cane that he like taps a guy on the ass with. But then he goes back and has to like return the cane to like the rental shop he went to because. Boca isn't like as good as it seems. I um <laughs> bit of a tangent. <laughs> um, Robert Downey Jr. is basically doing that sort of affect in this movie, like strutting mm-hmm. around, like like uh, once again, it's such a, it, it's almost like the dilemma in a sense. Um, it, it's very much like something that you would think was cool when you were mm. like a twelve year old playing like Saints Row and making your guy do this yeah. sort of pimp yeah. walk. Mm-hmm. Um. When he's late for that speech, he's like shooting craps and there's all sorts of like swing music playing. Like I was like, oh, no, that's when I realized that the fatal flaw of the MCU. And I really cannot believe that people have gotten behind these films the way that they have because of this fact. Mm. It all started because John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. got to combine the shittiest elements of their personality and mold this character in their own image. I mean, it's mm. really, truly insane. Yeah. I mean, Tony plays this guy that is objectively very cool. And I mean objectively in that, like, nobody in this universe doesn't think he's cool. Spin, baby, spin! Faster, faster, watch the boy go around. (laughs) 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 I reject your premise that I should be I promise, (laughs) I like the troops, I promise, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I haven't been spun like that since the Tilt-A-Whirl at Coney Island. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, this movie was shot by the same guy that shot A Star Is Born, the Oscar-nominated cinematographer Matthew Libatique. You love to see it. Oh, you must have um, felt right at home watching this then. I really did. You know, I was like, ah, clearly, clearly the mark of a Libatique film. <laughs> um, there was one moment in this movie that you might remember that it's like if, if you're like a water polo player and every time you see people playing water polo in a movie, you're like, hey, this is my I, my time to shine. I know what they're doing wrong here. But uh, when he when Tony Stark was going up to like the event bartender in this, I was really like, here we go. We're going to see his true colors. And he goes up to him. He's like, says word for word, two dry martinis or two extra dry martinis, extra olives, extra fast and make one of them dirty. It's like dog can't be extra dry and dirty. And it's like a classic move. I see all the dumb rich guys do when they come into the bar. Hey, can I get a very dry martini bone dry, uh, extra dirty? It's like my dude dry means it's only the spirit in there. Uh-huh. Dirty means it's going to have olive juice in there. You dummy, you dumb asshole. John Favreau really shows his butt crack 
and that he doesn't know how to uh, direct people ordering properly. It shows he's never been in the service industry, even though he uh, he cosplays as someone that has cosplays as a as a, as a lifelong denizen of the kitchens. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I can't wait to watch Chef. I mean, like I've said, oh, I think that yeah. for me is like the peak of what I'm talking about when I talk about actors turned directors, like the hubris and the sort of mm-hmm. like wishful thinking about what 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 you really represent. Yeah. Um, every the star is born. Every interview I've heard f- from him and what, when trying to just search general interviews with John Favreau, it's all about Chef and how, you know, I just wanted to do it my way this time. We did a tiny, tiny baby budget. You know, we just kind of threw it together. I was the editor. I I moved a, bo- a Apple box, which is his, <laughs> is what it's called sometimes. I, uh, I made, you know, I even made coffee for the staff. You know, it was really good because we made like a spaghetti for the whole staff one day. And then they ate just, uh, you know, shrimp and lobster the rest of the time. But I made the pasta once. And the movie has a budget of like $15 million. Uh-huh, right. Oh, damn. You love making a big fucking ass of yourself at the theater. The number one place where I'm most likely to embarrass myself. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Uh, so we, we folks we had a bit of a flub um we recorded about an hour and 10 minute episode and then an asteroid hit uh <laughs> one of our computers i think um an asteroid hit directly uh went through my bedroom hit my computer thankfully <laughs> missed me i'd been bending down speaking of untied shoes i'd been bending down to tie my shoe i, I, uh-huh. I could have been killed it um yeah, yeah it hit my computer and we lost what i think might have been like the funniest episode we'd ever recorded i was really i think we were both really in the pocket it was really sort of uh mm-hmm. um but you know and and i'm really glad you're okay uh, i'm happy <laughs> you're okay i'm i'm glad it didn't kill you i'm glad it didn't just strike you in the head <laughs> um you know shane i i have a feeling that i'm gonna wish it i wish it had struck me in the head but you know um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> In like your morning zoo voice, and I wish, uh, I do wish that a meteorite would strike me in the head. Let's go to the phones. Yeah, and we're coming out to Dallas on Sunday. I wish my wife would poison me. <laughs> I wish would, my wife would finally get the nuts to do what she's been telling me she's going to do before we go to bed every night and put a bullet in my head or run over me with the family car. Jared on line one. What you got, Jared? Yeah, it's Double Shot Tuesday. We're getting a little let out. I wish I were dead. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my parents had never met. <laughs> you know, a lot of you out there are saying you got the Sunday scaries. Well, I've got uh, erectile dysfunction. Ah, that's not funny. What are you? What are you? I feel NTV? Like jokes are a little tired. Um, I honestly think NTV ruined. Any sort of <laughs> any sort of penis function joke for me. E-D-T-V. <laughs> oh fuck! I don't know how the hell I missed that joke when I was doing my original letterbox review. <laughs> Damn! Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> Electronic dysfunction. I almost said that's just how much of a gearhead I am. Well, also your penis is just a weird sort of uh, uh the the, the uh, wall part of an outlet. I uh, really right. flubbed that oh, one. I thought, I thought you were going to say if you cut open like an Ethernet cable and look inside, it's a little gangly wires in there. Da-da-ba-da-ba, da-da-da. I'm a singer now. 
poop flavored. Oh, Ew, cool. Ew, gross. <laughs> were you a fan of like gack and splat and shit when you were a kid? Did you buy like gross like Nickelodeon arts and crafts? Um, I got this. I would go back to the dollar store again and again to get this stuff called Ivan Ooze's Ooze, and it Ooh. was uh, the. You know, Ivan Ooze from Power Rangers. Of it was his ooze, and you could just kind of, like, fuck around with it. Mm-hmm. Why'd you go back to get it again and again? Would it lose its I, uh, yeah, elasticity? Yeah, I think it or... covered in dog hair and shit, and my mom was like, just get a new Ivan Ooze. <laughs> oh, God. <Yeah. laughs> Joe, I'm taking shade to go to the mall and get Ivan Ooze! <laughs> We're getting Ivan Ooze! I said Ivan Ooze! You want anything? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a Chinese finger trap. Oh man, I have a news. What a movie. Remember it opens when they're uh, skydiving at <laughs> that huge target? Ivan Ooh! Oh no! Yeah, and that shitty little robot. Ugh. Uh-huh. Uh I just want to apologize to everyone for the hiatus that we've been on. Um I was away for that in Scranton, which Scranton is a wonderful place. There's a bunch of dive bars. Did I send you the pictures of these dive bars? There's two. It's like supposedly the most. Do I say supposedly too much? The most per capita dive bars of any city. And it's because every bar has one two doors down. That if you go to one, you never go to the other, like rival bars. And they have two Coney Island hot dogs with the same name, different owners that are rivals across the street from each other. And two Sicilian pizza places with with different names, same exact style of pizza that are across the street from each other. Did you try the hot dogs with the pizza? I tried the pizza. Did not get to try the hot dog because I was so dang chock full of the pizza. Um, but... I've had one before, and they are good. They have this uh, hot dog sauce type thing on them that is uh, desirable. Mm. It's like a chili you, dog, kind of. Did you try pizza from both places? or Just the one. Uh. My mom My mom was, like, showing me around to the places. She's like, okay, there's, like, that bar, there's the pizza place, and, like, just didn't mention the bar down the street and didn't mention the pizza across the street because she was obviously <laughs> loyal to just, like, the one. But I went to a bar that my great grandmother ran, lived in, and uh, cooked and bartended at for like her whole life. So really? there's bartending blood in me, which is a really sad fact. <laughs> I'm really trying to get out. Right. So a uh, one of the first conversations we've ever had, and then I remember talking about it, and you said, we're like the same person. And then uh, I was like, wow, this guy really likes me. I think he gets me. I, I like him too. And then I remember seeing you meet somebody else for the first time, and you said to them, it's like we're the same person. And I was like, this guy just goes around saying this to everybody. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big phony. I think part of what made this movie appeal to both of us is I think we both have personalities that blend a little bit of the cowboy and a little bit of the alien. (laughs) I have people coming to the bar I work at with fucking their own koozies. It's like, I got napkins, man. With their own koozies? Yes, 100%. 
And and since Yeti is such a big brand down here, some people will come in with their own fucking metal Yeti koozies that you have to like screw the beer into. Okay, are they more worried about their hands being cold or their hands warming the beer? Both are annoying, but I find one more <laughs> objectionable. I don't even, I don't know. I guess your hand being cold. I always thought it was your hand being cold, but the beer getting warm, I guess, makes sense. But it's like, drink it, son. I think it is supposed to serve a, a two-fold purpose, but I guess I would like to survey everyone who like officially uses a koozie and find out what it is they're using it for, which of the two they lean towards. Because mm-hmm. I think the whole I don't want my hand to get cold thing is significantly more annoying. And I know I'm really sounding like a fucking high school basketball coach here, like telling everybody to toughen up. Like, <laughs> come on, Daniel Craig, somebody's stitching you up on a fucking coffee table. <laughs> come on, so what's your hand? So what if your hand's cold? Like, I know I, I'm the last person that should be. I'm the last person that should be telling somebody to rub some dirt in it. I, the fucking lights go down on, on the big screen and I'm bawling my eyes out. But <laughs> I'm like, a, I've got five Pisces on my fucking chart. But like, please, people, can we just can we tough it up a little bit? Can we just grit and bear it a little bit? <laughs> Uh, would, would, the, would an old west sheriff have used the word prostitute? Sorry to be the movie sense <laughs> but when Keith Carradine goes like, "You killed a prostitute," I got a oh hard time God. believing Wyatt Earp would have said prostitute. It, it's not any more nuanced a depiction of a critic than the one in Birdman, which I'm pretty sure I've made fun of on this podcast. The very same, like, axe to grind for no fucking reason, completely mm-hmm. just black and white, as little nuance as possible depiction of, like, a, a, a capital C critic. I mean, good lord. So, he... That's a, that's a good point. I haven't seen uh, um, Birdman, but only because of your... Never, not worth watching. And if you listen to this podcast and you thought Birdman was even an okay movie, I want you to turn off this podcast. All right, and we're moving on here. Um, so he get there's this uh, there's this review, and I have to say the review was like pretty. It was like a caricature of a of a someone canning a place because, but it was it it does have a lot of what we were talking about. What critics do is just in just okay, this is great, but how do I, how, where do I come into this experience? And it's basically this writer just kind of doing flourishes and talking about like, I would rather have this hot molten lava cake run down, uh, Roy Choi's ass cheeks and, uh, you know, siphon it into my grandmother's, uh, hidden Valley ranch and, you know, do something else with it. And he does all this kind of like fanciful language to say like, this sucks. And then uh, the next day, John. Then okay, John Favreau gets very neo-realist with this, and and includes fifteen fucking minutes of him on his iPad learning how to use Twitter, which is just completely unforgivable. Who is this movie for? It's like a reasonably hard R. There's like probably forty f bombs, and then it's also like a cute kid and like yeah, the internet. What him. a concept shtick sort of movie. Like it is. I, I know my like grandparents loved it. It's weirdly. Po- I, I guess it's probably a movie that was popular amongst the people who really do go like, wow, the internet. What a concept. Mm, <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, I could see old people liking this because they're just so completely out of touch. They're like, this is the cutting edge. But it's a little profane. I, I don't know for like a for like an old audience. I think. 
I mean, that's why he talks about, just screamed. He talks Go about ahead. John Favreau sweating cleavage at one point in his review. I mean, it's pretty like <laughs> it's pretty blue. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the critic like when he's tweeting him, he's like, "Shove this fucking like shove this." You wouldn't know a good review if it sat on your face and like his shows it to his son or something, um, or a good meal if it sat on your face, which is like it's just dumb. It, it's kind of accurate because he wrote it at like two a.m. thinking he was really slick, and the next day everyone's like, "You're a fucking idiot." Would. Uh-huh. I'll I'll get to his kind of fa- fallibility later, but um, to your question of who is this for, it's I I just can't see it for anybody else but him. It's just he's made a movie that's so his his child, his little fucking pet project that it can't. It's just not marketable to a specific person. He his. He, He's probably never been told no in his life, which is apparent by the fact that anybody that tries anything in this movie just succeeds wildly overnight with, like, just press overnight and lines out the door for anything that this guy decides to do, which I don't understand. Um, But it's obviously a look inside of his kind of, like, mind policies and palace. Really, it, it's really an, it, inspirational stuff for young directors. You know, um, all you young filmmakers mm-hmm. out there, you can you can look up at the stars in your small town and in, in, in a flyover state. You can look up in the stars one night and say, you know, one day I'm gonna be a star day, right I'm... there up next to Ron Howard and John Favreau, right right next to Matthew Penn on the alternate board members list, who I imagine is John is Sean Penn's brother because he looks exactly like him. He was his son. I don't know what <laughs> the fuck. Anywho, what is the DGA podcast like? Because I know you like. I actually kind of like listening to it every now and then. I mean, it's just it's just kind of like there. It's just interviews between. Um, it's director to director interviews after like screenings, usually at like film film society Lincoln Center, and sometimes they're just like circle jerk bullshit. Um, and the same people that show up often are clearly like the company men of the DGA, and yes, they're all men. Um, and then every now and then you get really interesting ones, like the Michael Mann Ridley Scott one about all the money in the world you should really listen to. It's bananas. I mean, it, it, it's such a look into Michael Mann's head. He's also an alternate board member. Oh, is he really? Okay, I respect the DGA, actually. The, the DGA can do no wrong in my eyes if Michael Mann has even a whiff of association with it, besides being, you know. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's... Uh, I so mean, Michael Penn is actually just some very weird sh- or matthew penn is just some shrivelly old guy who they you they you use younger pictures of of everyone to make it look like a more vibrant board yeah yeah but i imagine they're all pedophiles mm-hmm. i mean it's hollywood folks it's holly weird folks <laughs> sure sure is some weird stuff going on over there hey, anyway a weirdo would oh uh, moing uh, you watching any good tv lately uh, Sorry. Uh, I watched some bad TV lately. What did I watch? I watched one... W- w- t- about 15 minutes of I Love Dick. Oh, I kind of like that look, with, Dick. Uh, I watched the first about 10, 20 minutes, and I was like, yeah, I can't stand stand this. Watched uh, the episode of, Tony, of uh, Sopranos where Tony 
it's been long enough. You can you can handle a spoiler. Uh, Tony gets uh, almost assassinated by those two guys and says it was a carjacking in the first season. That was pretty good. Tony was in the depths of despair. He just become, <laughs> becomes depressed in one episode, like, and we're supposed to just uh, just uh, imagine we saw this coming, which I guess we did, but he just becomes immobile, and then he gets shot, and then he's back to normal. I really need to watch that show again because I really like the idea of a, uh, a someone with the power to have people killed who lives in an enormous McMansion who also suffers from the same like cocked hangups as me. <laughs> I didn't give, I didn't pay that I didn't give that show enough credit the first time I watched it. I don't think. Uh huh. Well, you you didn't uh, you didn't re- reach your cocked princedom that you have achieved these this day. I guess you're right. I still had a I still had a bit of a glint in my eye that I might one day be a Chad or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea yeah. that I would oh, soon oh, go oh, Omega. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs>